Hello and welcome to another podcast from Fix My Project Chaos. My name is Elise Stevens. Today, Heath Saddleson is going to be talking to us about how to find a mentor. Welcome, Heath. Hello, Elise. Nice to be with you. It's nice to talk to you about mentoring. Heath, what are some of the first things we should do when looking for a mentor? Excellent question. So the first thing we want to do when looking for a mentor is think, how are we looking for a mentor? What are we looking for a mentor for? There's no limit on the number of reasons you might want a mentor. So you might want a mentor for something in your personal life, perhaps your relationship with your spouse or significant other, perhaps your relationship with your kids. You might want a mentor for the workplace, specifically for what you do in the workplace. You might want mentors for some of your various hobbies. Mentors are just a wonderful addition to your toolbox. And I always encourage people to have as many mentors as possible. And to first decide who you want as a mentor, look at who you think is successful by your own definitions of success. And those will change person to person and activity to activity. But who are the people you really want to emulate? And then once you've identified those people, now this is the tricky part, you go ask them if they're willing to be your mentor. Now I say that tongue in cheek. However, I do recognize a lot of people are petrified of the thought of actually walking up and asking somebody to be their mentor. And especially if it's somebody that they think is perhaps too high ranked or too out of their league, but those are exactly the people you want to ask to be your mentor because one of a couple things will happen. Either they will look at you and say, thank you for asking me. I'm very flattered, but I really have no time to mentor somebody right now. That's fine. They have every right to say no, but I will say this, even if they say no, you will have caught their attention and they will be watching you and they will take some interest in your development, even if it's from afar at the beginning. They may also, and I hope your audience is sitting down for this, but they may also say yes, and they might actually be willing to take you on as a mentee. So absolutely, when you see those people that you want to emulate, that you think are successful, ask them if they would be willing to mentor you. And that is very interesting because sometimes in organizations, if you're really lucky, you actually get assigned a mentor. Not a lot of organizations do it, but some do. But you're just being assigned a mentor from HR. Maybe they're not the right fit for you or what do you do? I I actually tell people, so first off, I wear a lot of neckties. The neckties I wear are the ones that I select on my own. The ones that someone gives me as a gift never seem to fit me quite right. They're just not my style. They don't capture who I am or what I want to present. So even if I'm assigned a mentor through somebody and work, if it's a HR role or if it's a departmental role, I actually ask them if I have the the latitude to select my own mentors first and foremost. And if I don't, then I'll still work with whatever mentor they give me, but it may not be as in-depth as I would work with my own mentors. That could be challenging for some people to actually say to HR, you know, is there any latitude? And it really takes a bit of confidence to be able to articulate why you might be thinking this. 
Most people would think that, but let me offer this for your consideration. Why is HR desiring a, a mentor program in the first place? Because they want it to benefit you. So if it can benefit you even better than what they've designed, why wouldn't they be open to such an idea? Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, most of the times I find they're actually very open to people selecting their own uh, mentors, mentees. They just don't want to rely on everyone doing it because some people just never will. Some people will never get off the mark and actually go ask someone to be their mentor. The other thing, even if it's whether it's an assigned mentor relationship or it's a selected mentor relationship, people need to understand really what a mentor is. And a mentor is someone who's essentially going to be like a coach, except they're, they're not going to be paid. So if you think about if you were to hire an executive coach or if you are an executive coach, think about how you work with your own clients. There's a lot of holding someone accountable. There's having regularly scheduled meetings so that you can hold each other accountable. So there has to be some dialogue. You can't just be a passive role where the person says, okay, yes, I'm your mentor. That's wonderful. Ring me if you ever have anything that you need. Well, that puts the onus too much on the mentee. What if they don't ring? You know, or what if they ring, but you're just too busy at the moment? I find that having a set schedule schedule where you're going to meet, you have it on your calendar and your outlook popping a reminder up onto your screen at the beginning of the day is much more effective because it is a two-way street. The mentor needs to reach back to the mentee as well, just to make sure that they're staying on track. What do you do if in an organizational setting, you've been assigned a, a mentor to help you, but you don't get access to them or they're, they're too busy or you can tell that they're not engaged with, with you, what do you do then? I actually let HR know because I'm very into feedback. And if they have a program and they have a mentor who's supposed to be doing something and they're not, that needs to be brought to their attention so they can either reassign some mentees to different mentors uh, maybe this person really is too busy. Maybe they really don't have the time to dedicate, or perhaps they really don't understand what a mentor role really is. So I find that if I'm going to, if I have a mentor, I really do want them to be available to me. Otherwise, they're not really a mentor. If I have someone who's a mentee of mine, I make sure, and again, if they're not calling me, if they're not being held accountable, I'm going to let them know, hey, I don't think this is working out. Maybe we're just not the right fit. But I'm investing a lot of my own time and effort into this relationship. And if I'm not getting back what I'm investing, then it's just not where I want to spend my time and energy. In this situation where you might be underperforming and you're getting all kinds of pressure from your manager to, to lift your game and to do all these things, how can you broach the subject of perhaps getting a mentor from within the organization to help you become, to improve, improve your performance? Yeah, excellent question. So anytime anyone in any organization is under a, a performance improvement plan or any type of a personal development plan to improve their performance, there needs to be two things. First is specific measurable goals that they're going to be held to. And the second is some support system of which they can go and ask for help. 
whether it's certain training is going to be provided or a mentor is going to be made available, that needs to be part of the plan. It needs to be identified as part of the plan. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to a mentor and ask for advice on how to handle the situation. And, and this is what I'll say too. The reason I say it's someone you should pick out, it's a very personal relationship. Think of it really as a doctor or a therapist. If you don't share everything with them, honestly, they can't really help you fully. You need to be able to just let down your guard and come clean with things. And if there's something going on in your life that, you know, hey, I've I normally am a great performer, but I'm going through these personal challenges right now, or I'm I'm trying to complete a master's program and it's taking much of my time. I'm having a hard time getting the sleep I need. Whatever it is, you need to be able to really just discuss things confidentially with your mentor, put it on the table and let them give you ideas of how you can approach the project or how you can approach uh, individuals to say, all right, we need to get this back on track. And whenever someone is not performing, one of, one of several things needs to happen. Either A, there needs to be some level of support provided, either in additional tools or additional resources so that they can get caught up and get the work done. Or there needs to be a, a redistribution of the workload. Okay, well, clearly, you know, you've got these three things on your plate. Those three things are clearly too much for you right now. Let's take one of those things off of your task list and let's assign it to somebody else who can get that done. Because it's it's not just about the individual, it's about the work that still has to happen. And so you need to have that adult conversation, if you will, with management to say, I want to get it done. I want to perform. Uh, I just need a little extra support right now to at least get caught up. And once I'm caught up, I'm good. Or these are the things and what you're asking me to do that I just don't understand. You know, why is the person not performing? Are they incapable of performing because they haven't received the right education or training? Are they incapable of performing because they just don't grasp the concepts? Or are they capable, but they're overworked, perhaps? Or they're capable, but they're not empowered? Or they're capable, but they're not enabled? And by enabling, I mean you provide the tools and remove the roadblocks in their way so that they can get it done. All those things really factor into personal accountability. You need someone who really is capable, empowered, enabled, and with the right workload balance. This would be one of the more challenging conversations, though, to have with your line manager if you've just got this, like, kick in the gut. You think you're going okay, or maybe you you know you're not going okay and you think you're holding it together and someone comes along and says, we don't think you're doing the job that you should be at the moment. And then you've got to somehow reframe it and say, I need some help. I would like a mentor or someone to just coach me through this particular situation or this particular project. What are some of the key words that you can do to really engage with your line manager and get them to help you and not just try to march you out the door? So this is a touchy one in, in that, so first and foremost, that should never be the, the kick in the gut and, and surprise, I, they don't think I'm performing. Generally, if people are not performing, they already know they're not performing. They know they're missing deadlines. 
they're they've already seen the reaction of of their managers when they're turning in work and the work is coming back to them saying it's not of sufficient quality. So it should never be a surprise to somebody that that conversation is coming. Now, it is very uncomfortable for a lot of people to have that conversation with their line manager to say, okay, what do I need to do? Most people really do not have the ability to stand up to their line manager and say, okay, you tell me what I need to do so that I can improve because I'm serious about improving. I really want to do this. I really want to do it the right way. Similarly, many line managers are just as uncomfortable having that conversation with their employees. They're just as uncomfortable because they're worried about the employees are going to become suddenly overly defensive or they're going to suddenly start uh, getting emotional about something. And line managers are people too. They have the same fears and the same concerns that we have. We just don't always recognize them as people because we've painted horns and mustaches and a pitchfork in their hand on their photos. So uh, it, it just, you know, it takes a little bit of honesty and a little bit of candor to be able to look at your line manager and say, okay, I can see in your face, I'm not giving you the work quality that you want. Help me get there so that you're always pleased with what I'm delivering to you. Or I know I'm behind in my deliverables. I know that I'm this was supposed to be to you two days ago. I still have two days work left to do on it. And what can we do to make this happen faster? One of the things I encourage line managers to do, and, and really anybody can bring this up, but line managers, what I teach them in my courses is when you assign a task and you've clarified the expectations and you've clarified the delivery date, part of the buy-in process should be to follow-up meetings. So if I say, Elise, you, this is the task, you and I discuss the task, and you tell me that you can have it done within a fortnight, we say exactly what day it's going to be due, what time it's going to be due, and we're going to settle down on two half-hour meetings between now and the delivery date. The first one may be in about four days, and the second one may be three or four days after that. And the reason is I want to know early if there's a production issue. I want to know early if you're not on track to complete. I want to know early if you have questions and something isn't making sense to you. And if I ask the right questions, I'm going to know from your answers whether or not you really are working on it and you really are on track. I'm also going to know that by the questions you ask me. So if you're not asking me a lot of in-depth questions, if the questions you're asking me are super easy, and, and very superficial, then I'm going to know you really haven't started on the on the project or the task. It's also good for the employee because now you know that you have my undivided attention for at least twice within that amount of time. You know, I may be difficult to pin down. I may be always out of the office, but here's two opportunities where you have my complete undivided attention because my job as the line manager is to power my team, make sure they know they have the, the authority to do what they need to do, but enable my team, making sure that they have the tools that they need to do it and that the roadblocks are cleared from their path. So that's my job is to follow up. And if I follow up at least twice before that delivery date, I'm going to know in advance that the delivery date is in jeopardy and I can assign additional resources. I can uh, set priorities 
opportunities. There's a lot of things I can do to make sure that the deliverable is met. And in situations like that, if you're a member of the PMI or the another project management a professional organization, that's a great source of finding people to be able to mentor or coach you during these difficult times when you might be having unwelcome news from your line manager and finding someone to, as we were talking about previously, get some help just to get you through the difficult times, but also to help you build your confidence back up and be able to escape from the vortex of negativity, as I call it. Right. Well, exactly. And and what I'll say for people is this. Think about the most impressive athletes you can think of, whether they're in professional sports or whether they're in the Olympics. Think of just the, the most impressive athletes you can think of. They still have a coach. There's still, no matter what their accomplishments, there's someone who's coaching them. Now, think about maybe a musician. Uh, uh, that you happen to love. And, and, you know, maybe there's a musician with an orchestra or, or a musician, you know, in a rock band. They still have someone who's, who's coaching them and teaching them because we never stop developing. You know, we never get to the point where we no longer need to develop our skills. So there's always someone that you can reach out to. Uh, and most CEOs of companies uh, either have a coach or they participate in roundtables or mastermind groups uh, with with peers so that they can share ideas, share experiences, get feedback, bounce ideas off each other. So make sure that you always have, whether it's a specific person as a mentor or whether it's a, a mastermind group or a coach that you actually hire and pay for, make sure that you always have somebody that you can ask these questions and bounce ideas off of because when we try to do everything ourselves, we really cut ourselves short of the support network that is out there wanting to see us succeed. And I reckon that's a great tip, Heath, a fantastic tip. Thank you. Heath, a top tip for finding a mentor? Again, just look to the people that you think uh, exemplify what you want to become. You know, who are the people that are doing what you want to do? Because here's the great thing. The people that have succeeded already, the people that have already reached that level of success, so many people think wrongly, oh, well, they're never going to give me their secret to success. Actually, they're dying to tell you their secret to success. They want to help people achieve what they've achieved. And think about it this way. Humans are wired. It's just the way we're built that if someone gives you a boost over the wall, what is your natural reaction to reach back and pull them up as well, to reach back and help them out? And this is why when you put someone else's interests first, when you put give them a boost over the wall, their natural reaction is to want to help you. They just need to know how. And too many times we don't let people know how they can help us. We just sit there and say, oh, no, no, it's okay. I'm happy to help you, but there's nothing that you need to do for me. And we block ourselves from people who would otherwise be wanting to help us. So give people lots of boosts over the wall. Give people the chance to feel that they want to help you. And then 
allow them to help you. Remember, most people want to see you succeed. If you've ever been to a concert or you've been to a conference and you've seen a presenter and that presenter up on the stage starts to falter, are, are you sitting there thinking, yeah, go, go down in flames, go down in flames? No, you're thinking, come on, pull it together. I know you can do this. You can do it. You become their cheering section. You want them to succeed. In your role, your frontline manager wants you to succeed. They need you to succeed. Their bosses want you to succeed. They need you to succeed. So recognize that your success is their success. And the more you can make it easy for them to help you, the more you can help identify the tools or the that would help you perform or the roadblocks that are in your way that need to be removed or what it is you don't know so that they can provide someone to help fill those knowledge gaps for you, the easier you make it for them to help you, the more successful you're going to be. You know, I think that that's a fantastic top tip. And my top tip would be is to take time to find someone that fits your requirements as a mentor. It might not necessarily be the first person you engage with. Right. And you may outgrow a mentor. You may have a mentor for many years and you've just learned enough from them that they really don't have as much left to teach you. They may still be a great friend, but maybe they're not as much the mentor you need right now. You know, sometimes they, the people are great at helping you get from A to B and maybe B to C. They may not be the people that are going to get you all the way down to Z. Yeah, and I think what you also said before about reaching out and connecting with people that might not be in your own sphere, your own circle of connections is a great way to get different perspectives on things. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Heath. That is my pleasure. That ends another podcast from Fix My Project Chaos. <laughs> <laughs>